right, welcome to week three or week one. True, Because the true SEC one. starts. Yes. Um, take the points, everyone. Uh, we're going to begin with a quick 30-second recap of last week. We almost nailed the Syracuse Pitt score exactly. Uh, props uh, there. Z, nice job on putting money on all the unders. Those kept coming in. And Clemson with the hilarious 49 nothing lead at halftime, laying 51 and winning 49 to nothing and not covering. So that was your week two slash zero replay. And now on to the real week three that begins with the SEC. We're going right into the lines this week. No tricks. You ready, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I was going to talk about the return of SEC football, but uh, I think just talking about the games is probably the best way to get into it. Sure. And right off the bat, let's go right to the SEC. Number 23 ranked Kentucky travels to Auburn. Auburn laying seven and a half, total of 49 and a half. Z, would you like to share some words on the SEC's return leading into this pick? Well, we said um, – of course, last week that this is the real start of college football season. Last week didn't count. The week before certainly didn't count. I actually thought there were some good games or some entertaining games like Wake Forest, uh, NC State, but you knew you were sort of watching the JV League and getting ready for this one. Uh, Southern football's the real football, um, at least until October when, you know, the real true Big Ten starts up. But I'm just excited. I mean, it really feels like it's actually happening now and um, we'll see what we get. I mean, there have been so many cancellations and postponements, even just tonight as in the last hour, as we started to record um, Notre Dame and Wake Forest just got postponed and um, Baylor who, you know, they've been looking questionable and uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm excited to get at least one good week of sec football. And it's also um, one of the hardest weeks ever to pick the lines. And there's a couple games that I think are some of the hardest lines that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then there are a few I like just off gut instinct alone. Um, betting week one is, as we always say, is pretty much impossible. Like anyone who says they know what they're doing is pretty much lying. There are some historical things you can go with, like sort of uh, Alabama just destroying whatever pseudo good team they have to play week one is usually a safe bet. Um, but I'm excited. How about you, Dan? You promised last week you were going to get into Southern barbecue and embrace the Southern lifestyle. Have you made any headway there? Sure. Whole bunch of headway. Um, first of all, I'm going to slightly um, uh, counteract what you just said right there. I actually really like putting money on the first week of the season. If you can identify returning quarterbacks returning skill players, um, you know, offensive line cohesion. If you can identify those things early in the season, I think you can take advantage. Which leads me into the SEC. A um, lot of interesting quarterback uh, scenarios this year. Mac Jones, Jimmy Guantanamo Bay, a uh, whole bunch of interesting characters to go through. Um, Ole Miss has not announced uh, a quarterback while Mississippi State is starting K.J. Costello. You know, I mean, this is going to be a really wild run. Um, that being said, we're going to go right into this game. Kentucky with a new quarterback 
traveling to, to Auburn to face Mr. Nix, who had an okay freshman season. But, um, you know, he was a freshman in the SEC, and he did all right. He didn't get killed. Um, he didn't really embarrass himself too bad. And the kid was super hyped out of high school. I mean, Malzahn, you know, says he's going to win a Heisman before he's done after he beat Alabama last year. Um, lay the points with Auburn. They're at home. They got the better quarterback, uh, more skill. Once again, any line that's just over a touchdown, I really like it. So, Auburn, very big fan of that pick this week. <clears throat> totally agree. Yeah, there's nothing really to add. It's exactly right. Bo Nix is back. I like that uh, <clears throat> continuity. Makes sense to uh, lay the points at home. Sounds good. Moving on. My new MO this year is I'm not going to try to add anything when you get it perfect. So, go. All right. More SEC. Florida travels to Ole Miss. Man, how fun. I mean, this is great. This this is an early game on Saturday. 9 a.m. start for us. Fantastic. Um, Florida minus 14 and a half at Lane Kiffin's debut. Total 57. <clears throat> um, Z, would you like begin this one? I feel like you get to call the first Lane and Florida game this year. Yes. This is, I mean, this is the battle for my heart with uh, my favorite SEC team of all time, the Steve Spurrier Florida Gators. They'll always be the Spurrier Gators to me. And then, of course, Lane Kiffin, our current favorite coach in college football. This is um, the hardest line of the week, I think, and a very, very hard one because as I hinted at last week, I'm very high on Florida this year. I like their coaching. I like Trask. I I think uh, that might be a point of contention between all of us, but I think he's pretty good. I think they had a great D, a solid run game. The addition of Justin Shorter will help them a lot in the receiving core. I think they have some weapons there. And I think Florida has a chance to be a surprise team this year, possibly even win the East. I think the line is exactly right on. I think if I had to pick a side, I'd have to go to with uh, Florida just for the kind of um, reasons I mentioned and the consistency and the over under is 56. I think uh, I'm just going to continue to stick with my thesis of unders, especially with uh, a league that's playing their first game. Yeah. Um, this is a really hard one to, to choose a side um, 14 and a half is a lot, but again, you don't know the quarterback situation. Um, I'm probably just going to put a little bit on the over actually. I think there's a chance Ole Miss defense is terrible and Florida scores in the 40s. Um, yeah, have some fun on the first lane game. Bet the over. I, I got really nothing. I don't really know what to expect. Uh, I was actually really high on Florida, too, uh, this year, Tom. I, I also had them to win the East. So we'll see what happens there. But, again, it's lane. We have no idea. Uh, the last couple of years at FAU, he's – purposely opened with teams like Ohio state and Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, he's, he's used to getting his team ready for a big game against a monster opponent week one. So it's a little bit of an advantage. We're normally Florida probably, you know, they typically play like FIU week one or something like that. Coastal Carolina. So I give Lane a little bit of a nod there. They're at home and all that. So it's going to be a tough line, but probably Florida but never count Lane out. Good stuff. All right, so this year and take the points. We're trying to move a little quick. 
er for everybody out there. So uh, I'm going to do these two games um, together. It makes sense. Georgia Tech at Syracuse. Georgia Tech minus eight and a half. Total 52 and a half. Louisville at Pitt. Pitt minus three. Total 55 and a half. Tom. How did your son enjoy the the whipping that went down on Saturday? He uh, took a three-hour nap the second the game started, and uh, I think the game had everything to do with that. It was almost unwatchable, despite being the only like big-time game on it at that time of day. Uh, I, as a Syracuse resident, and my son, as a giant Pitt, Pitt Panther fan, even we couldn't really take it, and we just ended up playing outside kind of hooked the TV up outside and just sort of watched out of the corner of my eye. Syracuse is very, very bad this year. DeVito um, might be injured for this game. It's questionable. You know, we record this on a um, Tuesday night, so who knows what's going to happen. Rex Culpepper is the uh, toast of the town, I think. Um, listen, you got to hand it to the kid. I mean, he overcame cancer. I mean, he's the son of an NFL quarterback, so he's got a lot going for him. I will say, I think his stats were a little inflated and his 69 yard uh, touchdown that he threw was a little behind the receiver and a better team, I think would have knocked that one down. So I think he got a little lucky there. Give the kid a shot. I mean, you know, nothing's really happening with DeVito and just put in Culpepper and, and see what can happen. But I'm taking Georgia Tech, who looks much improved. Even in a loss, I think they could move the ball and score some points against UCF. And then I'll take Louisville, also move the ball against Miami, a Miami team that's much better than Pittsburgh. Really, it was their defense that lost that game for them. Their offense, I think, played well, moved the ball. I felt bad for Louisville because, you know, that was um, my pick last week against Miami, and they would run the ball. They would do these, like, nine, ten play drives and punch it in the end zone. And then they'd kick it to Miami. Miami would hand off on like a counter trap and the guy would go untouched 80 yards. And that happened like two drives in a row. And it's just, it just totally took the wind out of their sails. So I think Louisville's a better team than maybe the final score uh, indicated. And I think George tech's also a better team than the final score indicated last week. So uh, tech Louisville spill it. All right, Tom, you know what else takes the wind out of a team sales? Going to Oakland, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Thank you for uh, getting that correct. Oakland. Okay. So with that being said, I'm taking Pitt Panthers. I'm also taking Georgia Tech for all the reasons you stated. Uh, and I think that's a fun little parlay, Georgia Tech Pitt. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that as my pick. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and load the clip on under 52 and a half in the Syracuse game. That's 27 points each, 26. Nope, no chance. Under it is. Oh, yeah, I didn't that's even mention right. that. That's, that's a guaranteed under lock right there. Thank you very much. Um, that might be the best picture. Georgia Tech might score 50. <clears throat> Correct. <laughs> that's, how you, um, that's how you get over is, you know, 50 to 7. All right, we're going to skip through a couple. And um, Kansas State at Oklahoma, Oklahoma laying 28, total 61. Is it still too early to know if Oklahoma's any good this year, or do you think they're going to be the same as, as always and drop 50 whenever they need to? Uh, both. 
would be my answer. Uh, it's too early to know for sure, but you know, every sign points to it's the same team as the last four years. Oh, they're going to blow them out. This is an easy lay the points. Kansas State had some issues this week. Um, they're no good. Yeah. Oklahoma's going to slaughter them. I like Oklahoma because of off the field stuff. It's like 60 to 23. We got one more early nine o'clock game. Uh, UConn travels to Memphis. Memphis lane 26 and a half. Um, I'm glad, um, you know, just announced UMass is looking at instituting a new uh, limited fall season. So I'm glad UConn made the decision to come back and play. I just don't think they match up well. You know, uh, as we said last week, they got kind of an undersized secondary and uh, Memphis, you know, despite losing Norvell still has the kind of wide receiver talent, I think to really torch them in the air. So I'm going to say uh, 55 to 17 Memphis beats UConn. Oof. Ryan, I'm, I'm sure I know where your head's at. I know you like Memphis. Yeah, it's probably the same. Um, yeah, not too much else to add. You know, UConn uh, playing that um, redshirt sophomore quarterback. That's a hard task to play at Memphis. All right, moving on to 1030. We got Iowa State, 23rd ranked team in the country, traveling to TCU. TCU plus two and a half at home. Total an NFL esque 45. Um, Ryan, is it time Gary Patterson just moves on? I mean, we're not doing a tarmac report this year, but I can still do tarmac themes. Yeah. Uh, as our faithful listeners know, I've been a big supporter of Gary Patterson. I've always uh, put him on my underrated coaches list. However, I believe we've gotten to the point where he needs to leave Texas altogether and just go, like go somewhere else. Like just drive Um, and just, you know, when his car runs out of gas, just get out and start a new life. Yeah. Just drive out of the state or go coach like Arkansas state. And then like whatever big program you get near, like just go apply there. That's, that's good for you. Like New Mexico state, if you decide to go West, you know, there might be an opening at Arizona. If you take that route South and go past UTEP and just keep going. So, uh, you know, there's some options, but he needs to get out of TCU. Uh, he needs to leave Texas and, uh, and start somewhere else. I'll take Iowa state minus two and a half. They're probably a favorite on the road because they're a much better team. All right. We're going to move forward a little bit. We're going to go back to the SEC. 12.30 West Coast start, 3.30 on East Coast. Mississippi State, Mike Leach, K.J. Costello travel to Baton Rouge and take on the defending national champion LSU Tigers. LSU, what they named like Miles Brennan or something, the quarterback. I thought it was like Cole Brennan's like, long lost younger cousin and I got excited, but it turns out it's not. Um, just, just some dude, just some dude. Total LSU minus 16 and a half total 56. I'll take this one. Uh, this is going to sound probably strange. I really like Mississippi state in this game. Um, Leach's first shot to make an impression. I like having a fifth year senior quarterback in Costello. I don't know if LSU is going to care that much. Uh, I think this game's be more of like a 
national championship celebration thing. Everyone's not on that team anymore. Got a new quarterback for LSU. Leach with the back door, if nothing for else. I kind of got a feeling in this wacky college football world that it makes sense this game's actually close to start the year. So, um, it's actually one of my favorite picks of the week. I can't wait to be wrong. Mississippi State plus 16 and a half. I love the back door. Dan, you're totally right. You're totally right on this. Like, I love, I love the back door on this. This absolutely has the, the celebration like you talked about, but I think a little bit differently momentum-wise. I think they're going to start off hot, and they're going to just come out flying around, clinking plays. But once the game settles down and, and the mad scientist Mike Leach kind of gets settled in and gets kind of fully accustomed to the SEC speed, I think this is absolutely a spot where LSU just blows all their adrenaline early. They just run out of gas like mid-third quarter, and Leach rolls off like three straight touchdowns to close it within like a four-point game, and then we got ourselves a sweat. So for me, I really love the back door on this. Uh, even more than that, I love that we get to talk about the SEC. Tom, you earlier were talking about the SEC, and you said the real league starting later in October. And I bit my tongue, and I was – and I, I – can't I can't hold it any longer. All right. Tom. I mean, listen, the SEC's Here, good. No, they're good, the but they're not here's Ohio the State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan here's State, Indiana thing. in the same side of the division. Good. <laughs> listen, listen, Tom. The SEC is real football because they still pay their players under the table and duffel bags like good old football guys do. Your bullshit league lets guys sign with agents out in the open and get checks and cars for their families and then let them come back to school so they can win a title. That's what I have. Uh, You left out, if you're talking about Micah Parsons, you left out the fact that he flew back on LeVar Arrington's private jet. (laughs) I'm also talking about like. You're talking about the Ohio Ohio State guys? Yeah, of course. It's also half the Ohio State secondary freaking side with agents. And then they're like, oh, wait, we can win a title again? Okay, we'll decide to come back now. Like, that's such bullshit that these guys all sign with agents and get to come back. This is, this is not so a normal low. year. This is extraordinary circumstances. Doesn't matter. You signed with an agent. They didn't know. They didn't think there was going to be a season. Listen, I don't like Ohio State any more than you do. I don't. I want them to lose all these guys so Penn State can beat them. I disagree, Tom. I think you love Ohio State. Well, we'll get to that in October twenty third. Win the title again. You have to wait until October to hear my pick on that. Oh, you're a Ryan Day truther. Can we? Oh Jesus! All right, can we not move on? Because I I want to add something about LSU. First off, I'm shocked to hear both of you. talking Buckeyes, watch out. Zianon's got a new drop for you coming in October. Um, Listen, I totally agree with both of you, and I'm surprised that you both picked that, but I was thinking about it earlier. Has anybody ever lost as much as LSU lost from last year to this year? I mean, you have to go maybe 01 Miami or 08 Florida in terms of the talent, but then you factor in two extraordinary coaches to go along with that. And obviously the Heisman winner, the number one pick, 
uh, a running back who now seems like one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. Conventional wisdom would say that you have to treat this LSU team as you would treat 18 and previous LSU teams. Good, but not great. And they have to prove otherwise. So you can't, you know, last year I'm looking at it as an anomaly. And if you're looking at it that way, then this line is way off, especially with Mississippi state coming in with like a a good coach. And unlike lane, I feel like Mississippi state's talent and um, roster lines up a little better with Leach's style. Not exactly perfect, but I think he can, um, you know, make some things happen. So I really, really like Mississippi state. That's my favorite pick of the week. I think. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Top, top Mike three. Leach an, Mike Leach is an outstanding coach. He's never had elite, you know, four and five star players before ever. And if he can pull off a monumental upset on Saturday, what better way to start the recruiting party to end Mississippi state? He goes, look what I just did. Come over here. You're going to be a superstar. And you know, um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to root for Mississippi state pretty hard on Saturday. Yeah, me too. And as much as I hate to say it, I, I kind of think he's got the better, uh, his he's got, let's say, the better path than Lane to to success. I feel like the odds yeah. are more in his favor than in Lane's favor. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving on to our Longhorns. Texas at Texas Tech. Longhorns minus 18, total 69 and a half. Texas only played, what, that one game against UTEP, and they actually showed up, and they won, like, 55-3, and were up, like, 48-0 or whatever in the first half. I haven't seen them actually, you know, have an impressive game like that in a couple of years. Even against the Cupcake games the last couple of years, they haven't done that. They'd be up, like, 17-3 at half or something stupid like that. So, anyway, that looks good. Um, hard to always lay that many points at Texas Tech, but um, – you know, and also overs are tough this time of year too. So this is actually probably a stay away. Really, really tough game to bet. Tough game to bet, but if I had to pick, I'd go Texas in the over. Let's go. Yeah, good call. All right, moving right along. Georgia, minus 26 at Arkansas. Total 52 and a half. Once again, 52 and a half. That's the magic number on the totals this, this week. How the hell is this game getting to 52 and a half? Georgia, even with like Jake Fromm and Swift and all that talent, still played unders. And now they don't have any of that stuff. And you're telling me that's going over against Arkansas? No, 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 no. This has like 17-6 as the final written all over it. This is my second favorite total of the week. No one's scoring. That's why I mentioned this one. I hate this game so much. I've seen way too many Georgia games where on paper they should dominate and then they just don't. Uh, I don't think they lose, but this has your first off the under your right is the best pick. I mean, best case, this is like a 37, 13 game, but I I think you've got my pick is going to be like 23 to 13. It's correct. Ugly, ugly, ugly. 31-10, comfortable, but still not covering. Yeah. I kind of like Arkansas on the points, but I can't I'd, do it. That's exactly how you I know? feel. I, I really like Arkansas, but I don't 
want to bet on Arkansas. I would never lay 26 with Georgia on the road here in a billion years. Like they wouldn't cover that shit with last year's team. All right, let's like, let's live on the edge then. All right, Fuck it. That's it. We're all betting Arkansas this week. Fuck it. We're taking 26 and drinking. Listen, right, it's it's 2020. It's COVID. It's racial injustice. The world's flipped upside down. Arkansas could cover a spread. Anything's possible right. in 2020. <laughs> we got <clears throat> We're going to pick three more SEC games and then the game of the week. Um in the game of the week, we're really just going to talk about our favorite stuff throughout the years from those teams. But three more SEC games to go through. Mac Jones, he's laying 27 against Missouri. Would you rather lay 27 with Alabama, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and the rest of that ridiculous talent in Nick Saban? Or would you rather lay it with questionable Georgia, questionable quarterback, questionable understudy questionable everything it's like in a one point difference like hey i'm laying it with mac jones i have a take that might be crazy and I, you know what i'm just gonna say i, I have a crazy mac take jones, too i want to see if this is the same take dan mac jones will be a better nfl pro than Tua. oh that's not my take hot take extremely hot just all right you you explain and then i'll give my hot take because two got drafted by the Dolphins, and they're not going to give him an offensive line, and that's going to be it. And I, I, I look, I love Tua. We always have, even if you know he he isn't having a good NFL career, it doesn't matter. But I just I just have a bad feeling about Tua and Mac Jones. I feel is the is the underrated guy. We've seen this in college football before. We've seen Peyton Manning leave, and then Tennessee win the national title like the next year, and weird stuff like that, like. I think Mac Jones is going to be like on the cover of Sports Illustrated at five and zero with the giant smile on his face, be like, "It's Max World, baby!" Like you're going to see that this year. Spill it before I give this my scorching hot take. Do you have anything to add about this? Uh, lay the points, <laughs> Bama blowout. Oh, yeah. uh, I do want to point out that Mac Jones had a, a relatively fierce competition for the uh, starting job from. Uh, the freshman Bryce Young heard really, really good things about him. Devonte Smith said flat out, he's ready now. He could start for us. Yeah, I, I mean, I made a prediction last year that he was going to be the starter, and that Mac Jones would transfer, which obviously was wrong. However, do you know who the third string quarterback is at Alabama? Uh, I do not. No, that would be Bear Bryant's great grandson. Just. I don't know if he's any good, but it's Bear Bryant's great grandson. Out of res- out of respect, I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> Sounds accurate, right? Okay, are you ready for this? Uh, this, I guess, is similar to what you said, Dan, but a little different. I think Alabama with Mac Jones will be better than they have been the last few years with Tua as a team, and the reason is something we've brought up many times over the last few years. Alabama is a power running team that grinds you down. And with Tua, because he's such an exceptional talent, they really changed their style in a way that suited Tua and suited that great receiver core they had, but didn't necessarily suit the Alabama program as well as, um, say, I, I don't even remember the guy's name, but like who was the quarterback they won it all with in 2015? 
who was, you know, not really an exceptional or like well-known oh, they had, quarterback. They had a bunch of quarterbacks who weren't any good that won titles. You got Sims. Sims and Coker. Sims, Coker, Coker is the McElroy one I'm thinking all got titles. Yeah, so so I think this is going to be like the <laughs> Coker year. And um, I actually think that they're going to revert to sort of like Alabama classic a little bit. Uh, Alabama classic meaning, of course, Alabama 2013, 2012, you know, whatever, the, the prime years. And that really works well this year because, as uh, you know, Ryan, uh, one of your favorite running backs ever at the Alabama program, Najee Harris, I think he's the best they've had of this whole run. I really do. I think he's better than, you know, Richardson, Ingram, all those guys. And if he just gets 30 carries a game and I'm sure they have five other studs behind him, I think that's their path to victory and games will be closer in the first half, but they will just grind teams down. And I think that's what they're going to do. And I think, um, with LSU going back to the norm and Auburn, not quite there. And, you know, Georgia and Florida, maybe, well, Georgia, maybe a step down. I think Alabama is should be considered the favorite, not only to win the SEC this year, but to win the national championship once again. Doesn't like mean it. they'll they'll definitely do it, but I think they should be considered the favorite. I like it. And, uh, and lay it. This I mean, this game's a lock. Lay that shit. Yeah, love it. Uh, I would also like to add, if everything Tom just said is true, then... This with this weird year, this might be the year we finally break the quarterback Heisman run and we get the Najee Harris Heisman potential. Uh, so get those tickets out. Najee Harris is going to get some crazy good odds. I actually really like that a lot. I liked him last year uh, to get some Heisman votes, but this is definitely the year now that two is gone for sure. All right, we're going to. We're going to go through these next two pretty quick. Vandy at Texas A&M. Kellen Mond still the quarterback, laying 30 and a half. Everyone says this is the breakout year. I'm pretty sure you can go on Google and find a 2018 breakout year article. College football, the, sorry to interrupt, but the college football season has definitely started when someone declares Texas A&M's breakout year. How about this for a line and uh, over-under? A&M minus 30 and a half, total 46 and a half. Yeah, 42 nothing shutout. 39-7. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I would like to say that I got a, a text message late last night, like 3 a.m. from the Zach Mills committee. And they said Kellen Mond better watch his damn back. <laughs> if, if DeVito gets pulled for Rex Culpepper, does that hurt or help his status? Uh... It's kind of indifferent. It's it's no yet to be that. We need to see how Culpepper performs with the same talent. If Culpepper exceeds and starts winning games and scoring thirty a game, that doesn't look good for Devito. Good point. If he just keeps slogging around and they're trying to win seventeen thirteen, that's that's then you just know that they just suck. But Mond with a billion five star teammates, he has not gotten better. They've gone like finished the year like ranked like nine, then like 14, then like 17. So he's, like I said, I got a drunk text at 3 a.m. from the committee and they told me that Mon better watch out. Yeah, that's accurate. I didn't even think of him, but yeah, this year just got interesting. All right. 
16th ranked Tennessee. Is that right? <laughs> let me let me let me say that again, everybody. 16th ranked Tennessee. I know you're serious, but it's still like it just went through one ear and out the other. Like it didn't even register for me. It doesn't like I'm I'm having a stroke trying to read this line. Tennessee, 16th ranked Tennessee travels to South Carolina, an unranked team. <laughs> in ten- Tennessee laying three and a half with a total of 43. Uh, okay. All of us are on board that 16 is a little bit erroneous. Uh, I'll take South Carolina plus three and a half. And uh, I'll also take the over. 43 seems a bit low. I think that can go over. It's college football. 12-9. Very possible as well. The three and a half would cover, though, so I'll push that shit. Can we bet these two coaches are going to start fighting each other at midfield, or is that just something I want to happen? That's possible. All right. All right. What it, is, that's the end of the SEC, isn't it? Or did we That's miss the end it? of all lines. We got one more game. So I, I got another one. Well, you can go ahead. Oh. I got another one I like, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go, because then I'll do game of the week. Okay. Well, what's your game of the week? Is it Florida, Miami, Florida State, Miami? Yeah, of course it's the game of the week. Yes. Okay. Uh, the other one I like is West Virginia getting at, at this very moment as we record eight and a half points against uh, your Oklahoma State Cowboys, who just did a absolute dog shit performance against Tulsa. And West Virginia, uh, you know, while not playing the stiffest competition, um, did get a like 59 point victory. So I think that West Virginia can score enough to cover that spread. Feel free to tell me why or, you know, why not. But I didn't it's see about, anything I liked yeah. out of Oklahoma State. I'll, I'll fill you in. See, it's all about the health of Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback who was injured in the first quarter last game. So the backup came in, he's never played before, and it was brutal. He was hyped as like, you know, a possible Heisman, so like, you know, dark horse this year with his wide receiver you know, Wallace back and Chubba Hubbard in there in the backfield. So they went down the field their first possession uh, and then he got a penalty and then they'd kick a field goal and then he got hurt on the second drive. So check the health of him. If he starts – take Oklahoma state. If he doesn't start, take West Virginia. Really that simple. Wait till kickoff. Can't go wrong. Either. I mean, that's, you know, pretty much covers with based on his health. It's really easy. If he plays last week, they beat him 55, 10 and said he doesn't play. They win 17, six. So big drop off there. All right. We, we will see what happens there. All right. Game of the week, Tom, big game, Florida state travels to Miami. Miami minus 11 and a half, total 54. <clears throat> nice performance by Miami last Saturday night. Uh, they look great. I'm not here to talk about that. All of us are going to take Miami if we had to. We can't bet at Florida State until further notice. If you bet on them and lose, you just, it's 2020. Like, what are you doing? You, I mean, you cannot bet Florida State literally for a year or two at this point. With, um, with no coach or no head coach. Yeah, also that. Good point, too, Tom. Um, but you know what? There's no point in talking about 2020 Florida State, Miami. I just want to go around the horn here to kind of end the show. Uh, 
name a player or a moment from either Florida State or Miami that um, is humorous or special to you and a good story from either either college. There's so many to choose from. You mean of the history of the two teams? Yes, like of all time. You can talk about um, Olsen um, rapping on the fourth floor. You can talk about Deion you, Sanders. You can carefully. Uh, well, I do want to talk about Deion Sanders, so I guess that'll be my moment. But first, I would like to make an unorthodox case for an unorthodox season based solely on all teams and what they've done so far. I feel like we should have ranked Miami number one in the country this week, just this week. Obviously once Alabama plays, they drop back down, but nobody has a more impressive two week resume than the Miami hurricanes in this weird, weird, incorrect season. So they should have got, they should have got a, you know, a one week number one vote. Uh, My, my moment will be seeing the movie, the program in uh, I believe the early nineties and uh, being first off being way too young to watch the program at you know 12 years old or whatever I was. But then uh, without even really knowing for sure, watching and immediately knowing it was based on Florida state football. And only to have that confirmed later on, of course. That's pretty good. Also the Peter Warwick catch against Virginia tech was awesome. (laughs) That was a good one too. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a different type of path here on this. I'm going to say that my most humorous moment is the fact that the most decorated football player maybe in the history of Florida state university decided to never play football ever again. And instead went and decided to play for the New York Knicks, the Knicks, you know, you know, you know, what's better than getting my head bashed in the Knicks. Knicks. So I just always found that really funny that the most decorated awarded player in Florida state history never went to the NFL uh, because he actually didn't really like football. And I just think that's kind of sums up Florida state perfectly. That's good. Well, if you guys have both done Florida state ones, I guess I got to represent Miami here. Um, so many to choose from so many moments, eras. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to talk about just their sheer raw talent in the early 21st century. Like the amount of not just elite college players, like all time NFL players, like the, like Ed Reed and Sean Taylor as safeties. Like, how is that possible? Like that's like two of the best four that ever played the sport. I mean, they had like a run of five straight tight ends who were all like top 15 picks they had six or seven running backs. I mean, there was a time where there was three running backs on the team who all went to the NFL. Who they um, had? They had like just, McGahee and um, who else was on that? Gore, like McGahee, Portis, and Najee Davenport. Like we're all like yeah. And I think I think Frank guy. Gore was in that mix too. Of course, it, it was endless, and there was other ones, you know. Um, anyway, Miami is just raw amazing talent and their craziness with the coaches they've had Dennis Erickson, Jimmy Johnson. Um, they've had some wild shit, you know, they had just 
just overall the whole program in general, Miami, the U. I'm so I'm so happy they're they're back. They're back in like the public consciousness. I was just about to say college football is always really good if Miami's good. And you know, we got our boy playing quarterback, Derek King. He's looking looking great, man. He's looking really good. Also, the new turnover chain looks like a gun. And it's funny that they have to sanitize it and have the guys put on a gator scarf before they wear it. Excellent. They pay well they pay more attention to COVID regulations for the Miami turnover chain than like some entire states. That wasn't really English, fair. but I think you know what I'm saying. That's fair. And and Tom, because we love that rivalry, the Miami Florida State. We would love to get that third team in the state into that rivalry as well. And as a tease, I'm going to tell you that next week, I'm going to unveil my plan to become the president of college football and to fix all of this. I'm going to realign all of college football, all of it. And we're going to redo the whole way that people think about it, the way that we do playoffs the way that we do everything. It's going to be completely new. I've been working on it for like 48 straight hours. I'm going to keep going for another week. Ironing ironing out the kinks. I got about four pages in a notebook right now uh, filled up. So just a tease that uh, with no tarmac, I needed something to occupy the mind and I'm going to fix all of this. It's pretty good. That, that is a very compelling tease for next week. And I, I, I'm very excited to hear this. All right, fellas, we are not ending this show without, there's a couple things we got to go over. And number one is your new coach of Jackson state, Mr. Dion Sanders, Dan, I'll never forget you and I, and I believe it was middle school through probably 10th grade, probably about five years straight. We always had the same sneakers. It was never planned. Most of the time we would go home on a Friday and we would show up on Monday with the same new sneakers, like buy them the actual same day. And two or three of those sneakers were the Deion Sanders sneakers. So obviously primetime holds a special spot in all of our hearts. What's going to happen with this new Jackson state job? He's going to energize the program for sure. Okay. A lot of energy. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna be able to recruit some people who would not have went there before. Um, and it's going to be entertaining. I don't think it's going to result in a lot of wins and I think it's going to be over pretty fast. Um, it just doesn't seem like he's going to stick it out there for eight or 10 years or something like that. I mean, this probably seems like a two to three year. That was kind of fun. Now on to the next thing in my professional life. I mean, he's an actor, he's on TV. He used to be a musician. I don't know if he's put out any recordings in a few years, but you know, prime prime has always been great. Those shoes were the Florida state colors. They were red and had the gold yellow on them. I mean, come on. We're in Camillus, New York. There's like seven feet of snow outside your window. And we got on the primetime shoes. I mean, he gave us excitement. So I hope Jackson State 
can at least experience a year or two of that. You know, kind of like what Lane did at FAU, but without the conference titles. Like that's kind of that's kind of how I feel like this is going to go. But if he does win conference titles, shame on me. Good job, Dion. But you asked me for a college football prediction, and I got to give you my college football prediction. Well, the 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 coaching lineup he's established, if the rumors are to be believed, is the greatest coaching lineup we're ever going to see at that level of school. Ryan, you had an interesting point about the HBCUs. Well, yeah, you don't have to qualify through the NCAA clearinghouse. So they're not necessarily going to be going after like recruiting against Alabama, uh, but he can put them on a path to the NFL. So he can tell them, come here and I can still get you to the league. We have contacts all over the league. If you're good enough, they find everybody, you know, shit like that. So it's interesting. He's going to be able to go after uh, my guess is going to be a ton of JUCOs, like a lot, a lot of JUCO kids. Um, and then probably a ton of transfers. Um, and I think it's great. Uh, I think it's great. There's a ton of money going into the HBCUs right now. Um, the number one uh, high school basketball recruit in the country has said he's leaning towards signing with an HBCU. Um, granted that's one and done basketball different than, than three years of college football, at least. Um, but it's cool. I mean, and then I think Steph Curry completely funded uh, an entire golf program. I can't remember which school it was. If it was Howard or, um, but uh, Curry, Steph Curry just paid for their entire like golf program to like promote golf and HBCU. So I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, I hope Dion does some good things. Uh, I hope Tio and Warren Sapp aren't doing lines of blow off their playbook. Um, you know, but we, we just, we don't know. We can hope for things. We can hope. That's what I needed. It's going to, it's going to go one of two ways. Either it's going to be a lane Kiffin situation where it energizes, um, uh, and brings into the national spotlight, a program that no one was thinking about before, or it's going to end in like simultaneous drug and head hunting scandals. That's kind of what happened that the prime prep. I mean, we're just going by what happened before. Look, <laughs> if it wasn't for prime prep, then Emmanuel Moutier <laughs> would have went to college and not had to go to Italy before going to the NBA. We would have gotten to see him in college. But know. no, Emmanuel Moutier was convinced to go to prime academy. And then the NCAA is like, uh, yeah, we can't let you into any of our schools with that degree. Uh, so he had to go to Italy and then go to the league. So that's my favorite prime memory of recent years. So it's, it's been so long. I completely forgot about it. Um, but obviously my favorite prime memory is his music career and specifically the song and video for must be the money, which you just reminded me of Dan, when I was a, um, music writer a long, long, long time ago, I wrote an article about like the 10 best athlete, uh, music crossovers. And I think I put this one number one or number two, you know, along with probably Shaq. Yeah. Foo Snickens. Oh yeah. Oh, you know it. I'm going to have to look that up on the Wayback machine and maybe we can do that in one of the future weeks. We can go through the top athlete, um, 
performance, music performances, because there's some funny shit. I think that should be the outro for this episode is the Dion song. It's only fitting we end the episode talking about Dion, then we give him a little a little shout out. I did want to um, make you guys aware before we leave of a new movie. You know, the movie theaters, they can't really open. So there's, you know, some movies are sneaking under the radar, you know, such as Tenet and others. But were you guys aware of the new movie, American Pie Presents Girls Rules? That's right. There's a new American Pie movie starring all women. This is the like female Ghostbusters of American Pie coming out in October 6th. So we'll not only have the best conference in football resuming in October, but we'll also have a new installment of the American Pie movies. I love it. It's it's like the National Lampoon is gone. And so now they just call them American Pie movies instead of National Lampoon movies. That's exactly uh, what it is. We should, we, we got to get in. in on this somehow. We just have to make our own like national American pie. What's the runtime on that Wikipedia? I'm putting the over under at 74 minutes. Uh, I cannot find it, but oh. I was thinking that uh, if I was making one, it would be called uh, American online. That's pretty good. America Online, one of the characters is going around stealing all the free discs out of people's mailboxes and hoarding them. And we got to find the shed out in Warner's. There's one shed somewhere in Warner's where there's 50,000 free AOL discs. And it's a national emergency. We need that. We need that internet. This sounds more like a Nicolas Cage movie than a... Than an American. Oh, pie. Nick Cage is hundred percent in this movie. He plays the dad, and he rides a motorcycle, and he has a Fu Manchu. <laughs> I would definitely yeah. watch this. Get, get your pen out. Let's go, Tom. What are you waiting for? Make this movie happen. Oh boy! Is there anything else you guys want to add? I feel like uh, I feel like we're missing no. something. I'm going to yeah. add a burrito to my stomach real soon. All right. Uh, everybody enjoy the true week one of college football season. It's This is just the beginning. Well, right. Excited. Ready to go. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night, America. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed a dotted line, it was strange. Most things changed for the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby, I'll save the money.